Welcome back to the Raging Hermit. Hi. Uh, I am Bedelia. I'm Bianca. And you're going to hear our special guest, Kyra, pop in and out of part two on cannibalism. People eating people. Num, num, num. So thank you for deciding to put yourself through a second helping of this madness. We might be a little bit of a masochist, but that's okay. We don't judge here. We accept you for who you are. Even if you like eating people. <laughs> uh, welcome back and uh, part two of Cannibalism. Enjoy the show. Ah, we back in this bitch. Yes. Civility. Not. Nah. <laughs> Fuck all that shit. That's canceled. Yeah, morality is the thing that's talked about. Typically when we talk about cannibalism. Typically when we think, oh, somebody eats people, they're probably a bad person. I am not here to argue whether or not that is true. However, I am I here am. to do but bitch. Like, <laughs> that's fair. Like, I, however, am here to talk about somebody who um argues that the arbitrary sort of nature of cannibalism makes it a nice sort of middle ground to use to talk about art and censorship. Let me preface okay. this. Let me preface this. Strange flex, but okay. It's strange, weird flex, but all right. Like, so let me preface this by saying um, there is a trend in some contemporary Chinese art known as shock or body art, um, which is art that exists specifically to challenge um, international markets' perceptions of Chinese art and what is marketable, as well as to challenge um, censorship within China itself. Um, so what these works are is they're often very visceral in nature. Um, they're taboo and controversial on purpose. Um, some of them include, uh, I guess, Ai Weiwei's um, dropping a Han Dynasty urn would count, where he drops a literal urn from the Han Dynasty. Or um, there are other artists who have done things, like done blood transfusions through like fetuses. Just really wild shit. Normal stuff. But, I mean, it is important to remember that when you are combating that type of censorship from a very long history of um, government control and censorship and abuse and oppression, the sorts of works that you produce often can be very visceral and that the experiences you've had are very visceral. Extreme for the and th extreme. That's what I'm saying. It is what it is. So an artist that sort of participates in this idea of shock or body art is, um, I'm probably going to destroy this, Zhu Yu. So Zhu Yu is a uh, Chinese artist um, who does body and shock art. Um, at times he also does other more sort of normal quote-unquote types of art. Um, I believe he does some works where he uh, does works based off of leftovers on people's plates. So they're like plates that he like paints or like it's very interesting and very abstract and very right. cool. Um, minimalist, way more minimalist. But one of the works that he does and that he's most famous for is a work known as Eating People. Oh, yeah. So, Zhu Yu, uh, what he does is he procures. Mm. That oh, means, i.e., steals. I.e., steals. Me, steals a fetus. I guess you could definitely say it's about a uh, four-month-old baby. I was going to say, correction, a stillborn baby. It is, it is very large. I was going to say, not small. It is a grown baby. Well, you know. So what he does is he procure, procures this. He steals it. And what he does is he takes it home. He quote-unquote prepares it, um, which essentially just means he breaks it down sort of like a chicken, like takes off the arms and legs, and proceeds to eat it. Now, some big notes for this. 
Um, Zhu Yu also makes a lot of connections that we've been making throughout this conversation, um, where he, one, makes, Zhu Yu is Christian, so he talks about this idea of cannibalism within Christianity, this idea of eating Christ's body. He also talks about this sort of gray area um, within morality and law where cannibalism is not outlawed anywhere. Um, yep. There's no religion saying you can't eat people, yep. um, yet it's this huge taboo. And what he does is he takes advantage of that sort of muddy area. But obviously the reaction that people have to his work is visceral, not unlike the work itself. There's no actual videos, I don't believe. Um, it's mostly just pictures, um, the same pictures usually repeated of like him holding it, like holding it under a sink, putting it on a plate, taking some bites out of it. There were some debates that this was essentially like a hoax that he didn't actually do it, um, and that it's actually like a duck's like body and a doll head put together. Like that was on like Snopes and other sort of hoax websites. Um, he, however, insists that it was an actual um, stillborn stolen from a medical school for which he was prosecuted. Which to be fair, if I ate a fucking baby, I too would be like, no, I ate this fucking baby. Mm -hmm. Like you're not yeah, gonna yeah, tell me I'm, I didn't eat the baby. I, I fucking, I fucking and which I would also like to note. So I was hoping maybe like, okay, this is like an aside. I was hoping maybe, boop. I was hoping maybe this man like cooked the baby. Yeah. Like, because when you look at the images, this is going to sound fucked up, but it le sounds like definitely like he could have maybe prepared it like Peking Duck or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying that in like a racist terminology. <laughs> like, it's legitimate. Like, I was thinking it may have been like roasted or something along those lines. The skin's really thin. But no. He like, I think just washed it and then ate it. Like, he Whoa. says specifically that he didn't, he said it tasted horrible and he had to vomit multiple times. But that he felt like he quote unquote had to finish it as a dedication to his art. He could have made it taste good. Me. So he, his prosecution is actually documented, which is great. I should know that the prosecution documents are not obviously on a lot of sort of readily available websites because it's, again, a Chinese artist doing works that are very controversial in China. Yes. So why would there be a bunch of stuff about it on the internet? Most about a guy eating a baby. Yes. So essentially... The description sort of makes it even worse, honestly, if, we're, if you want to get into it. So they call him Zhu Qi? Zhu Zhi? He started from the end of 1999. Um, in order to obtain a stillbirth, he went to hospitals for more than a year to find um, abortions and uh, stillbirths. In the process of searching, um, he also used deception many times. He told the hospital he was doing art creation. I want to note they put art creation in quotation. <laughs> mm. Debatable as far as whether this is actual art. Yeah. Um, the defendant never told the doctor about the true purpose of his use of the stillbirth. Moreover, he tricked the doctor for, into thinking that he was using the stillbirth to carry out research on the shape and structure in order to make the painting and sculpture accurate and true. Okay, that part he did lie about. On October 16th, 2000, the defendant finally obtained a dead female fetus, six-month-old stillborn from the hospital by deception. At about 8 p.m., the defendant was familiar with the dead female fetus on the ho in the home of Tongju district. Um, he took the stillborth birth to his home. He ate his dinner. Uh, due to the psychological reaction of the defendant on the scene, he had repeatedly vomited during the process of making and eating. No shit. After the defendant's own confession to witness testimony, he, the total number of stillbirths was about one gram. The entire process of the defendant's behavior was recorded. So that's from the translated transcript. The prosecution. De yeah, detailing the prosecution. So his... Eating people is obviously, like, a really... Shock art and body art, at its core, is inherently provocative on purpose. 
Um, which leads a lot of people to sort of roll their eyes and be like, this dude's just fucking weird. Which is fair. Like, it's it's a fucking weird thing to do. I'm not <laughs> I'm yeah. not denying that at all. Yeah. It's not, I want to be very clear about that. It's fucking weird. Um, that being said, his work still sort of addresses the sort of weird area that cannibalism resides in, um, in terms of morality and law, where we think about this dude as like a crazy dude, which of course is something, either we associate savagery with cannibalism, if we can't associate savagery with it, we associate madness with it. Madness. Of course. Of course. Speaking of madness. Speaking of madness. <laughs> Uh, so in my research about cannibalism, uh, I stumbled across this interesting Vice video called Interview with a Cannibal. Hey! And I was like, wow, Vice. that's right. straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so this interview is about Issei... Um, Issei Sagawa. Sagawa. He, um, was from Japan. He was, he said, he always described himself as a small man, small man, very frail. He has always been obsessed with the thought of eating women, mm-hmm. specifically uh, Western women. He liked the, the the white lady. So he ended up going to France as a foreign exchange student. And while he was there, he lured a fellow student, uh, Renee Hartvelt. I believe he said that he wanted to record her reciting poetry. And so as she was reciting poetry, he pulled out a gun and shot her in the back of the head. Well... And from there, he, he tried to eat this woman. He, like, bit her on the ass. He, first. Like, cut off, yeah. He tried that first. Cut off her tits, cut into her butt, didn't know what fat was. Like, he wasn't very good at this. He didn't do a good job. But, yeah, he, he ate the shit out of this woman. He did. And then decided that the way he was going to deal with this was to cut her up in little pieces and put her in suitcases mm-hmm. and take them down to a park. And dispose of them. Smart. So he goes out there to do this, forgets that, like, at 8 o'clock, like, it gets it still, like, light outside, and there's, like, a bunch of fucking people still at the park. And somehow somebody gets a hold of one of his suitcases, opens it up, and there's a bunch of body parts in there. You know, no biggie. Yeah, no big deal. So he he does get prosecuted. Well, obviously, he gets prosecuted, (laughs) because the evidence was pretty dramatic. Overwhelming. (laughs) Um, but... He goes to jail in France, and the French citizens are like, um, we don't want this fucking, our tax dollars going to pay for this guy. So he gets sent back to Japan, where basically they're like, uh, he just, you know, has a, a, a personality disorder. It's, it's a weird fetish. And they basically just let him go free. So this man totally gets away with killing and eating a woman. Yeah. And he's been living his life in Japan, uh, making money off this pretty graphic crime being a essential celebrity yeah and uh he was commissioned to do a cartoon manga piece yeah he published um, a whole manga yeah, there's a whole a whole book that he drew himself he's an artist yeah he himself is an artist yes um he, oh he specializes in drawing women by the mm-hmm. way he does um, that's his favorite thing his specifically okinawan women now mm. in the interview his apartment is covered in just pictures of models it was just terrifying no it's fine to me it's great um but this guy did a lot of awful stuff yeah like and he definitely got away with it um there uh, there was like a porno that i think happened between him and a woman and after the porno is shot he tells the woman like the stuff that he did and i feel like that's not right that was upsetting 
Mm, he is fucked up. Um, well, I mean, I guess he's a fucked up person. I don't yeah, know why I was yeah. like, ooh, that's fucked up. Yeah, like. Let him go free. He made money off of, like, doing this fucked up stuff. And so he's been saying that he's been curbing his cannibalistic tendencies by masturbating frequently. Um, but this guy has lived to the ripe age of 60 years old, and he's become impotent. So now he's like, oh, no, I can't jerk off anymore. I hope the cannibalistic tendencies don't come back. And that's basically how they end the interview. And I'm like, this, this is upsetting. Yep. I'm upset about but. this. <laughs> but, but, yeah, interview with the cannibal. Check it out on Vice. It's fucked up. Also, if you can, um, Manga Sagawa-san, um, which is Mr. Sagawa's comic, um, it can be found in the National Diet Museum in Japan. The National Diet Museum. Are you fucking kidding me? You see this guy chewing on a lady's butt. Yeah, that's the first, I can't get over the fact that's the first thing he bit. Yeah. He, like, draws himself as this weird, like, really red demon. Me, he like ate her thighs. breast. Yeah, and boobies. Ate yeah, her boobies. boobies. Um, it just, it's so weird, but. It's, uh, it's a lot. You know? When we're talking about madness, I guess we can expect... I told you, man, there's weirdness afoot. Yeah, madness. I've said it. And speaking of madness, like, in cannibalism and pop culture, um, obviously it shows up in a lot of horror movies, um, but the theme of them is usually just madness. People are usually just crazy, and they just want to eat people. Examples of eyes, chainsaw massacre, all of these things. You know, it's, it's generally frowned upon, but usually the excuse in those movies is... They just want to. They yeah, just they just want to, want to do it. Because they're fucked up. So, we're talking about madness. It's interesting to talk about. So, Francisco Goya. Like, for those who do not know. Um, he's a Spanish romantic painter and printmaker. Um, he's sort of considered, essentially, one of the most important Spanish artists. About 18th and early 19th centuries. And a lot of his work uh, is examined through a multitude of sort of facets. Uh, he's perceived as a great sort of example of social commentary during his period. Uh, he's known for certain anti-war works. Um, he's also obviously well known for his black paintings, um, which we're going to talk about, um, which he made uh, between about 1819 and 1823 within the walls of his house as he was going deaf. So... Goya is a really good example of this idea of examining cannibalism through madness, but also cannibalism through colonialism, yes. which is really interesting. Yes. Um, in that, so Goya has several works in his oeuvre of cannibals, like, or he of cannibalism, it. rather. He loves, he loves it. And he's unique in that he has examples of ahistorical works that are about cannibals. Um, so typically when we see works about cannibalism, we often see it as part of mythology or we see it as part of a uh, specifically um, sort of larger plot like we're used to seeing in that degree. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not used to seeing works of just straight up just cannibals, yes. especially not in the Romantic era and definitely not necessarily before that. Yeah. Um, there's definitely depictions of like cannibalism as like we were talking about as a cultural sort of thing, mm -hmm. but not examples of just people painting cannibals. Just eating people. Just eating people. And Goya does both that, um, as well as examining cannibalism through the lens of um, madness, and also using cannibalism as a sort of metaphor yeah. for, yes, for a more social sort of cannibalism. So Goya's work is really interesting in that regard, and that's why we have to talk about it, especially when we're talking about things like madness. Yeah, I think, I know the biggest piece I think about with Goya is the 
Saturn. Saturn um, eating his son. Saturn. Exactly. And when you Google cannibalism, that's one of the first images that pops up. Exactly. Not only because it's like, oh, fuck, like he's eating his son, but the way that it's painted. Exactly. Especially you know? compared to other sort of interpretations. Uh, yeah, especially, I know, for that time. Exactly. Like, a lot of people, um, a lot of the earlier sort of representations, such as works by, like, Peter Paul Rubens, um, are more sort of beautiful. I mean, they definitely, like, have a sort of viscerality to them. Um, but definitely not to the same regard as Goya's. Goya's, like, has an all-black background, like, this dude's eyes are, like, bulging it out of his fucking head. I mean, it's very graphic. And it's especially interesting in that Saturn Devouring His Own Son is one of the black paintings, which were done on Goya's walls of his house as he was going deaf. These were never meant to be exhibited. As far as Goya knew, no one would ever see them. So he does these works on his walls, and none of them actually have titles. The title Saturn Devouring His Son is a title bestowed upon the work based off of other programs within the walls that seem mythological, um, that they're sort of attaching there. So this specific work demonstrates this idea of pure madness. Like, we're not looking at cannibalism as a sort of commentary or as a sort of... It's definitely more comparable to sort of what we were talking about with the sort of shock or body art, except without that context. Without the context of needing shock or body art or developing shock or body art um, as a sort of critique or, like, anything like that. A sort of art project. This is literally just this man, demon, like, painting somebody, eating somebody on his walls. Yeah. That's what yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's insane. Yeah. It's um, wild. It's wild. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> like, um, so Goya's work is often, like exceptionally talked about when we talk about cannibalism, um, specifically because of that work. But works that are less talked about, like, insanely less talked about, it's very strange, the lack of sort of discussion of these works, actually, is that Goya examined cannibalism in not, like, one other work, but, like, two or three other works. He was into it. Me. So the earliest sort of example that we have is from Goya's Caprichos, um, which is a series of drawings and prints that he does. Um, a famous work that's from there is, and so was his father before him or his grandfather before him, which is a picture, well, a print of a donkey looking at his family, like, tree book. And it's a bunch of, like, other donkeys because he came from a long line of asses. Like, <laughs> yes. So it's all these sort of nice tongue-in-cheek sort of um, critiques and sort of fun social commentary. And, um... This specific work, um, Caprichos 13, shows different religious men who are sort of eating food and sort of filling their bellies um, with what Goya sort of perceives as the spoils of other people that they are tricking. In the sketch for the print, there is a quote on it um, in the preliminary drawing that says, dreams of certain men who were devouring us. Um, whereas the final drawing just has, they are hot. Yeah. Like... <laughs> So the first one, Dreams of Certain Men Who Were Devouring Us, obviously references his idea of sort of social cannibalism. These um, religious figures who prey on their flocks. And in the original sort of sketch, the waiter in the background is actually bringing these three religious figures at the table um, ahead for them to eat. Like, yeah, of course, totally normal. Um, In the final version, the head is removed. It's not, it's not there. Censorship. Um, censorship. But it's okay, because Goya actually comes back to this subject. So that already alone is very interesting sort of commentary. It's very fun. A really good example of sort of the weird works that Goya does. He's really well known for a lot of, like, weird sort of uh, 
uh, sort of witch works, like imagery yes. of like witches and weird stuff like that. But two other works that he does um, in the 1800 to about <laughs> to about 1800 to about I think like 08 within like that area of time are two completely ahistorical works of just cannibals. Just cannibals. Like me, they're like not in type of commentary. They're not like based on anything. It's literally cannibals. So the First work that we're going to talk about is Cannibals Preparing Their Victims, where it's a uh, sort of asymmetrically balanced work where on the right side of the work, it's cannibals essentially preparing their victims. You can see that there's clothes sort of scattered on the ground, um, probably clothes from the victim itself, um, whereas the cannibals themselves are completely naked, getting these victims ready. So there's like a sort of really good quote from Robert Hughes in like, I think 2003 um, about Goya and his interest in the general and indisputably morbid. Um, he has an interest in cannibalism as a metaphor for human extremity. Um, it's brutishness and terminal cruelty of unchained appetite, which of course is something we're going to talk about. We talk about female autonomy too, which is thin. Uh, I'm just going to say that I think uh, indisputable, uh, what'd you say? Mortality. Indisputably morbid. Yes. It, that should be the description of this show. Me! Yes! <laughs> Indisputably morbid. Like, I love it. Yes. <laughs> but it's really interesting. He essentially says, like, the natural state of humanity, uh, savagery of the cannibals, and humans in a cultured state, the victims. Savagery is the natural, true state of humanity. Civilization and the qualities that come with it are, at best, artificial, if not outright lies. Which, of course ties right into this idea of colonialism and primitivism. Ties right back in. It ties right back in. Like, where there are a lot of arguments essentially saying that Goya's work is based on Theodore de Bry. His America work, like, compilation specifically. right back. Exactly. So the clothing that's been scattered on the ground is likely European clothing. Because these cannibals are preparing these people. And it's this sort of disparity and juxtaposition between civility and cannibalism. Um, so civility, once again, versus savagery. And he continues this with another work. It's not like he just let me. It's my favorite work ever. This is the background on my computer. This is the background, my fucking desktop background. It's amazing. Um, behold, a snack! <laughs> hang out with your wang Yes, hang out with your wang out. I, I'm also confused as to why this man's wang is not hanging. It's literally just joop. There's another way for it to go. Stop. I'm going to zoom in. So we also have the cannibals beholding human remains. Behold! Behold! Um, Where it's literally this fucking dude in the middle just like spread out yoga goddess pose. Like holding an arm in one hand and a head in the other and everybody's like, ooh, like looking tasty. Mm. So once again, we have a bunch of cannibals sort of spread around and just like the last work um this one is a historical no frame of reference a reference to mythology the best sort of reference we can maybe draw is this idea of depiction of european interactions with the native americans um and a juxtaposition between the noble savage and the violent savage the violent ones you can kill exactly so goya's work is this really cool sort of like it's the um this really cool sort of like plug-in that sort of ties a lot of different things together especially if we're talking about things like untamed appetites which can be wild <laughs> wild which i think can bring us into our final segment it's time my friend the insexy sexy cannibal lady pussy power <laughs> so the pussy eats back some of my research i was thinking about music videos mm, yeah and when I was looking up cannibalistic music videos, mm -hmm. 
Um, I got a little bit of um, Sick, Sick, Sick by Queens of the Stone Age. Mm. Just a pretty lady just picking off the band members one by one and eating them in fancy meals. Nom, 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 nom. Which, you know, relatable. <laughs> That's what I do. But that was a fun video, which, you know, cannibals. Um, but the first one that came up was Bon Appetit by Katy Perry. Yes. Which I'd completely forgotten about. But apparently upset a lot of people when it came out. Really? Yeah. Like, people were like, she's just encouraging cannibals. Okay, bitch. Because it shows her, like, basically getting, like, prepared to be eaten by, like, a bunch of sexy men. But in the end, as it looks like she's about to be eaten, she flips the script and she be mm-hmm. reclaiming mm-hmm. her sexual identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what we're supposed to get out of it. Okay. Um, but it's a fun watch. I'm no, it sounds fun. It's fun. But we're gonna talk about the French movie Raw. Mm-hmm. We're talking about female autonomy and cannibalism, yes. which is a running theme. Yes, it's uh, it's very common. as cannibalism as not only. That's like an intimate act. Yeah. You know, consuming somebody for your benefit. Exactly. But which can also be related to um, kind of a sexual awakening. Yes. That you are, you know, consuming somebody intimately. Yes. And this idea of like ravenous, untamed female sexuality. That women have to be, women sort of have to pull themselves back, sort of rein themselves in. Like this idea that women have like less of a sex drive than men. Yeah. Even though, like, I be fucking all the time. <laughs> Shit, the fuck y'all talking about? Maybe you're a bitch. I don't know about that. And this idea of, um, this sort of aversion to women claiming their own sexuality. This aversion to, like, the idea that, like, women literally have to ask to come. Yeah. Like. That also kind of cir- circles back to the savagery thing. Exactly, like, yeah. oh, you're, you know, a sexually liberated woman who wants what she wants, you must be a savage. Exactly. You're an animal. Yeah, a fucking animal. 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 It's your pure state. That's your, <laughs> that's your purest form. And that's that sort of ties into this sort of fear of female autonomy. With yeah. a woman unchained, which is definitely something that's a key theme in Raw. Yes. So, first off, I gotta say, I didn't know the veterinary school was so hard. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. The, the cannibalism is not as frightening to me in this movie as all of the weird hazing at this veterinary school me. that the main character goes I'll to. take cannibalism over that shit. Yeah. Mm-mm. All of that stuff was wild. Uh, they'd be throwing their beds out of windows, making them uh, hostage situation, taking all these kids to, like, raves... Um, covering them in blood, and then we get to our sweet little innocent vegetarian girl. Sweet, sweet baby coming from a vegetarian with her big family. Sister. Um, but her big sister betrays her and makes her eat a fucking what was it a rabbit liver, rabbit kidney? Num num num. Yeah, and apparently, you know, uh, rabbit kidneys the gateway drug. It is. It's a fact. Um, so this girl starts with rabbit kidney, and then she starts. Really getting into really. What a way to start, though. You know, balls to the wall. She's uh, waking up in the middle of the night eating raw chicken cutlets out the refrigerator. Uh, Meanwhile, she's living with a snack. Mm. Stack. He is a snack. He's supposed to be gay, but, you know, Mm. he's a little wiggly. He's a little wiggly. He's really young. 
Yeah, it's kind of also like a sexual awakening as she as her hunger grows. Mm-hmm. The hunger for that thing. <laughs> I have the thirst and the hunger now. <laughs> um, so she ends up uh, cutting off her sister's finger. And as uh, she's calling the ambulance to come like help her sister, she's looking at this finger. You know, she takes like just like a little nibble. You know, just a little. The bitch eats that whole finger. Like a chicken wing. Like a chicken. The bitch eats that shit like a chicken wing. That's when shit gets really crazy. Me. Um, I don't know how much we want to give away of the movie. Uh, I definitely recommend it for everybody. But shit gets wild. <laughs> this bitch uh, definitely she starts eating people. Yeah. Uh, but again, coming back to like the hungers and the sexual awakening, you know, as she's feeling like all of these new feelings of cannibalism. <laughs> um, yeah, she starts her sexual awakening of, you know, just wanting to consume somebody, really. Yeah. <laughs> this idea of carnality. Yes, carnality. Savagery. Comes <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, All I want to do is fucking eat. Like, very interesting movie. Definitely not. Definitely tell it's French. Like it's definitely not like an American. Everything just is cookie cutter makes sense. You know, it's definitely a little more abstract. It builds up to stuff differently, and it kind of reveals stuff in different ways than an American film, which I kind of appreciated. I really like the pacing. Yeah. Yeah, and it ramps up <coughs> quickly. It's kind of a slow burn in the beginning, but uh, she gets real very quick. Go real hard. <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, another example of uh, female cannibalism uh, is the, the Lure, which I just watched the trailer of, and it's like uh, mermaids, I guess. Um, nightclub mermaids that eat men. Uh, I didn't get to watch it, but I definitely want to check it out. And then um, there's... The show uh, with Drew Barrymore, Santa Clarita Diet, which a lot of people have been talking about, in which um, that also corresponds with as her hunger grows for eating people, also her sexual desire grows. So similar, similar theme uh, to our female cannibalism. I don't understand why we can't just, one, why men are so afraid. <laughs> I mean, I do understand, <laughs> but I don't understand. They should and also, afraid, two... Though. Why I can't just fucking eat however and whoever I want? <laughs> it's frowned upon. Okay, so now I, is that was everything that was everything we had to cover? Yeah. Okay, now here's my PSA for cannibalism. It just makes sense. You know, it's recently. <laughs> we it's Sweeney my PSA. Todd. We're talking about Sweeney Todd. Let's do pop culture roundup. Sweeney Todd. You know, he, he got to kill people because, yeah. like, you know, I guess he just got to. And then you recycle it and you make meat pies and me. you make money. It just makes sense. And, you know, uh, we were talking about Bob's Burgers. Yes. One of the first episodes where people think there's, like, human meat being served. People take a bus. Mm-hmm. Like, line out the door to eat that well, meat. Alleyway. Obviously, people are into cannibalism. They just need to accept that they're into cannibalism. Me. And we just need to talk about it. And I'm, just, okay. I'm cool with going back to the... To the funeral pyre, like, oh, yeah. roast me cannibalism. Yeah. Like, just put me in a brine for a couple days. I feel, I like, feel like, honored. Put some herbs on me. I would love that. If someone made, like, a delicious meal out of me. Like, just make me a Carolina pig bacon. Honestly. Fucking <laughs> roast me up, like, fuck yeah. Like, I'm with that. So, yeah, that's that's cannibalism. Um, one. Beating people, beating cultures, beating that dick. <laughs> Everybody just wanted to be eaten, so we're all gluttonous. You know, 
that's another thing that circles back to all the sins. It's taboo. <laughs> what I hate! <laughs> but until that time, probably don't eat people for now. I guess. Until, you know, until it's okay. Unless I you guess. find that person in the street. <laughs> Are you, you telling somebody? Yeah. You eat a bunch of kids. If you find them. a dead body on the street, it's finders keepers. Yeah. You can tell that to the police and it'll hold up in court. <laughs> like, um, sir, why exactly did you just take the body with you? Finders keepers. Finders keepers. Uh, <laughs> Damn, sorry, okay, man. I'm I not. Hear, I hear what you're saying, but just try this barbecue. Me. <laughs> just try. Have a bite of this sloppy Joe, Your Honor. Yeah. Literally and figuratively, his yeah. name was Jack. Oh, fried green tomatoes. That bitch kills her husband, cooks him up as a barbecue, and serves it to people. See, people don't talk about that. See, mm-hmm. see, see. Well, it's not long pig. Long pig. I love bacon. Yeah, the long pig. The long pig. That's what people are called. They're like, I would love that bacon. Like. I'm saying. I told y'all I was going to be a PSA for cannibalism. I'm with, I'm with the shit. Like, it ain't that hard for me. But this is a shout out uh, in case I forget to write my own will at some point. I want this to be on the record. That when I die, uh, somebody got to eat me. And they got to prepare me good. That's the thing. Like They got to prepare me you good. You got to prepare me good. I mean, don't do none of that weak shit. Um, put a little bit of salt on me and then put me in a skillet. That, don't what? disrespect me. Like this is disrespectful. That. I'm saying. <laughs> That's disrespectful. <laughs> Not the eating me, the preparing me poorly. Yeah. That's disrespectful. I'm gonna hop the fuck out of you. Honestly, I feel like you putting me, like, you cremating me is disrespectful. If you don't use a dash of soul food seasoning, go ahead and nix yourself. You no, like cancel it. You ain't putting cancel no garlic it. in there, hoe. Like, I don't want to hear powder, it. Onion powder. <laughs> that being said, um, if I do not get eaten, like I just said, like that that's yeah. what I want somebody to do. But you know, there's rules. If and no one can eat me, I also will accept those they have those things now where you can have your like body like either like cremated or like your remains put in to make like a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want one of those trees that like spits burrs out. <laughs> <laughs> or one of those trees where the sap is like poisonous. <laughs> I don't want to be that. Well, you need to be a fruit tree, and then we can eat you. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I literally thought you were going to say you wanted to be an apple tree. I was waiting for it, and if you didn't, and I was Mangoes like, oh. grow on trees, don't they? want to be a mango tree. Yeah, I'll make you a mango tree, baby. I'll be a mango tree. <laughs> Here we go. Raging Hermit, episode one. Cannibalism. Cannibalism, the biggest taboo. Eat that long pig. Go hard or go motherfucking home. Go. And in case you're wondering why we did any of this, there is no purpose to what There's we do. There is no purpose. There is no purpose. Like, stay weird, motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye. 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 There is no purpose to what we do.